Good morning. This is Long Island Morning Edition on 88.3 WLIW-FM, heard in Western Suffolk on 96.9 FM. I'm Michael Mackey. The Long Island Railroad last year handed out more than 100,000 invoices to passengers who said they could not pay for their train tickets, a nearly 30% increase compared with 2019, when the railroad carried substantially more riders. LIRR statistics show Alfonso A. Castillo reports on Newsday.com that even while billing riders for nearly $1.4 million in unpaid tickets last year, the railroad got back less than $60,000 of the delinquent fares, according to railroad figures. Acknowledging that the railroad's antiquated system of sending non-paying LIRR riders home with IOUs isn't working, Metropolitan Transportation Authority Chairman and CEO General Lieber has vowed change, including in the form of stepped-up police enforcement. The number of fare evasion arrests across the MTA's two railroads have already tripled compared to last year. Quote, the MTA police is looking at how they handle the situation where someone is basically refusing to pay the fare, Lieber said in an interview at Jamaica last month, adding that the agency is looking for a solution in which fare beaters don't delay the train but don't get a free ride. On Friday, Lieber condemned the invoices in the strongest terms yet, saying it's important that there's confidence in the system. Quote, you see people who aren't paying, it starts to raise the question, why am I the sucker who should be paying when these other cats aren't? The MTA chairman said at a Long Island Association meeting in Melville on Friday. Private schools in New York will have to offer free menstrual products in middle and high school restrooms under a bill signed yesterday by Governor Kathy Hochul. Since July 2018, public middle and high schools in the state have been required to provide menstrual products for free in restrooms. Lisa L. Colangelo reports on Newsday.com that the bill is part of a health equity and opportunity package approved by the New York State Legislature earlier this year that also commemorates March 8th as International Women's Day and requires education and testing for cosmetologists to include all hair types and textures. The law goes into effect July 1st. The measure also changes the term feminine hygiene products and replaces it with menstrual products. Many teens and women cannot afford proper supplies of menstrual products, a growing trend known as period poverty. Experts say this can lead to lost days at school and work. There's also a health risk if women use menstrual products for longer than recommended. There have been efforts on Long Island to include free menstrual products at food pantries also. A public workshop on the Town of Riverhead's comprehensive plan update has been scheduled for Wednesday, December 13th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Riverhead Town Hall. Supervisor Yvette Aguiar announced Friday. Denise Civiletti reports on RiverheadLocal.com that the purpose of this meeting is to test draft recommendations with the public before the draft document is presented to the public. The press release announcing the workshop said the meeting will provide an opportunity for residents, business owners, property owners, and other interested parties to share their ideas and comment on draft goals and recommendations for the plan. The Riverhead Town Supervisor's press release said that's for December 13th, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Riverhead Town Hall. 
The teeth of an excavator bucket tore into the ground along Flanders Road in Riverside, pulling up tree branches and soil. Nearby, a large wood chipper waited to shred tree limbs into tiny pieces. Last week's arrival of a heavy machinery in a wooded lot along the Peconic River signaled the start of building a trail that is part of a long-awaited project called Riverside Maritime Trail Park. Joe Workmeister reports on Newsday.com that officials and residents have envisioned the park, first planned in 2018, as a central part of a revitalization effort that has been in the works for nearly a decade in the economically distressed Southampton town hamlet. Crews began a land-clearing operation Wednesday. It started after the Southampton town board's vote last month to hire Bayshore-based the Land Trek group. It's called the Land Tech Group, and it's constructing a multi-use maritime trail for $511,754, a project that largely will be covered by grant money. The trail represents the first phase of an effort that began at a grassroots level, with residents lobbying to transform the wooded area into a walkable park with waterfront access across the river from downtown Riverhead's boardwalk. Southampton Deputy Supervisor Frank Zappone said the trail will give residents a place to hike or take a stroll with their dogs. A second project phase would add amenities that could include a kayak launch or comfort station, he said. The town of Southampton plans to seek community input again before finalizing plans for a second park phase. New York State once again has the dubious distinction of being labeled the least free state in America, according to a report issued by the Cato Institute, the American libertarian think tank headquartered in Washington, D.C. Carl Campanile in the New York Post reports that the Empire State ranked dead last, 50th, for policies impacting economic, social, and personal freedoms in 2022, the report claims. By comparison, Florida ranked second after New Hampshire as the most free state in the union. The Cato Institute said New York State ranked 50th for economic freedom and scored at or near the bottom for debt and state and local taxation, government consumption, land use, and labor policy. Debt is down from years past, but is still the highest in the country at 26.1% of income. Wealthy residents in New York City pay among the highest combined state and local income taxes in the country, nearly 15% at the top level, and property taxes in the suburbs are also high. It is little wonder that New Yorkers are fleeing this state in droves, says an author from the Cato Institute. Southampton Cultural Center, 25 Pond Lane in Southampton Village, will hold a holiday market this coming Saturday, November 25th, from 2 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. It will feature unique items made by teen entrepreneurs and local artisans, holiday collectibles, and one-of-a-kind gifts. That same day, the annual Southampton Village Parade of Lights, kicking off the holiday season in the business district, will commence at 4.30 p.m. and feature decorated fire trucks from participating departments, followed by Southampton's tree lighting ceremony in Agawam Park. Southampton High School's Voices of Southampton will perform. The celebration this coming Saturday afternoon and evening is capped by a fireworks display. 
New York State Governor Kathy Hochul has again vetoed legislation that would have returned state recognition to the Montaukett Indian Nation, a move one tribal leader called cruel. Hochul's veto statement cited a 1910 state Supreme Court ruling that declared the tribe dispersed and disintegrated and said the tribe has not provided required information needed for state approval. Mark Harrington reports on Newsday.com that Montaukett members, lawmakers, and legal experts have labeled that 1910 court decision flawed and racist. For the governor to cite that decision as a basis for the veto is outrageous, said New York State Assemblyman Fred Thiel Jr., the Democrat from Sag Harbor, who added, I am ashamed of our state government. He called the court decision one of the most racist decisions in New York state jurisprudence. I'm crushed, said Sandy Brewster Walker, an author and historian who is the Montaukett Nation's executive director. How could she be so cruel? I'm outraged, said Harry Wallace, chief of the Uncachog Indian Nation on the Puspatuck Reservation in Mastic. The veto was, quote, insult to injury. It's particularly obnoxious during Native American Heritage Month and a week before Thanksgiving, he said. Friday night's veto marks the second time Governor Hochul has vetoed the bill, which was passed unanimously in the New York State Legislature. Then-Governor Andrew M. Cuomo had also vetoed the bill. This has been Long Island Local News on Long Island's only NPR station, WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey.